Previously on the Tony Kornheiser Show. I, I, I got to tell you, before we talk about the Masters and Dustin Johnson, yeah, all-time greatest Tony show shout-out I've ever had in all the years we've been doing this together. What? I was in Augusta last week, obviously for the Masters. Was out doing something, picking up some food, and then coming back. I'm not kidding you. Walking to my car, guy turns around, looks at me, says my name, and says, Vicky! <laughs> <laughs> this is General George Washington, and you're listening to the Tony Kornheiser Show. All righty, then. It has turned cold in Washington, D.C. Uh, when I walked Chessie this morning before the sun came up, probably about 33, 34 degrees. I wore a heavy, and I didn't wear the Lillehammer jacket. Oh, we're not there yet. No, but I wore a heavier jacket than I normally would wear and had a fleece thing under. We don't get to ask gloves. our favorite question of you. What number did you see in your car? I didn't turn my car on. Right. So I don't drive. I had, I had to use the what, what warmed you, steering wheel. Oh well, that, today. those those are great. I mean, you know, once you start that, oh, you can't you, go back. Yeah, it's tremendous. <laughs> uh, I have a few personal things to clear up before we actually begin the show. First of all, once again, I'm going to mention uh, Tom Callahan's wonderful, wonderful book that I'm now halfway through. Still waiting for you to finish. And as my wife said to me yesterday, this is the first book you've read in about 20 years, right? I said at least 20, at least 20. It's um. I really like it. It's called Gods at Play by Tom Callahan. It's all the stuff he did when he was a sports writer. I recommend it to Where people. are you reading in the house? I sit down in the chair right over your left shoulder. That's Chessie's chair. Yeah, well, she gets out when I sit in it. And sometimes she sits in it with me. But then it's, you know, it's uncomfortable for her, so she leaves, which is good. <coughs> Excuse me for coughing. That's why I have water here. I should open it. Uh, on a personal level, John Turnbull sent me a very nice tribute to Jack Vardaman to the tune of Thanks for the Memories, which is the Bob Hope, if anybody remembers Bob Hope. Bob Hope always closed with Thanks for the Memories. Thank you to John for that. Um, he is a, a longtime little, a daily PTI consumer and a 98 Hoya classmate of Chris Saliza. So thank you for that. And from John Craig um, in Albany, a very long and heartfelt and moving email about him and his dad and the masters. I'm, I'm reluctant to read it on the air because it's awfully personal, but I'm very um, grateful that John wrote this to me and shared all the stuff about his dad. Just very, very nice. Uh, maybe, maybe down the road I'll read it if I have permission from John. It's moving. It's very, very nice. Um, on a sports level, I just saw, it, it, it's just, the story is too good to not lead with. And it is Cody Bellinger needed surgery to repair his shoulder, which he injured after hitting a home run and doing those. Uh, celebrating yeah, home this, run. Yeah, the celebratory jumps in the air. <laughs> I wasn't hitting the home run. Smashing shoulders with with his teammates and stuff like that. I think it was with Keith. Kike Hernandez. I the think best that is he was discovers the one. it when he goes back in the field. Right. Oh. And he goes, Oh, oy, my, in. my arm, my arm. Um, <laughs> Tap out. And yeah. And then, he, and then he had to leave. And so now he had to have, he's an MVP and he had to have shoulder surgery, you know, and cause of accident, stupidity. That's, that's all you could say. Stupidity. I miss the glassy eyed memes of Cody Bellinger from October. He's, he always sort of looks like um, Sean, what's his name? The actor. 
the actor uh, who played Penn. Spicoli, Sean, Sean Penn, Penn, as a young guy, like a little bit like Sean Penn's even more stone cousin is what <laughs> Bellinger looks like when you watch him when he's just got the headband on. The and Will he's Smith in the dugout. Was, wait, there, there are two Will Smiths. Yeah, that's right. yeah. <laughs> so um, that's a good story. Uh, Theo Epstein has left, is leaving now. The the Cubs. Theo Epstein's going to the Hall of Fame. The Red Sox hadn't won in 86 years, and the Cubs hadn't won in 108 years, and the tie between the two teams is one guy, Theo Epstein. One guy who started out, if I'm not mistaken, started out with Larry Lucchino and the Orioles. Um, he, this is all he wanted to do was do baseball, and Larry Lucchino said, I think he said, go to law school, just go to law school, it's important to go to law school, and so he went to law school someplace, not... Like he's a Yale grad. It was not on the le- it was not on that level because he went to law school so he could be closer to a baseball team that he was working for. I don't know Theo Epstein. Wilbon, of course, does. And Wilbon said to me, "Oh yeah, he told me in spring training he was leaving." I said, "Really? Why didn't you share that news with anybody?" You know. So anyway, so does I want- this mean a certain Cub might be coming to DC? Uh I don't know. There was news today. I did see on ESPN that there's talks to try and trade Russell Westbrook for John Wall which would be an enormous win for the Wizards. Enormous. So Russell Westbrook is so much better player than John Wall and not injured nearly as much. Just so much better. And the money is the same. I don't really understand. I mean, I know Westbrook wants to get out. I don't really understand why Houston would make that deal. They'd have to get more than John Wall, wouldn't you think? That, that like, saves this franchise Don't if forget that, that game six. Yeah, I understand that against it's Boston, right? right? It's a big shot. The king yeah. of game six. So I wanted to tell this one little story. Um, I don't know how much I have shared with people over the last few months about my clothing circumstance. Far too much, actually. What have I said, basically? <laughs> the, the fact that you have a set box of yeah, jackets. Yeah, I, I got a box of jackets upstairs. In the attic. And I use the same shirts day after day after day. Well, you got a discount code for those shirts. The, yeah, the, they're Johnny O shirts. The rotate. So here's, here's the way I felt. Once we started doing the show, not in the studio, and I didn't really have to dress nicely for the show, and I decided I'd wear shirts and ties, but I was not going to wear my good stuff, which is David Donahue. Uh, That's the stuff that I like the most, and that's the clothes, the shirts I've been wearing for, I don't know, six, eight years. Yeah. And I don't have to wear good jackets, and I don't have to wear pants at all if I don't want to, so I'm wearing the same chinos basically every single day. You can't see them. It doesn't matter. And I got in a rotation with these button-down shirts that I had from Johnny O. Michael and I have gone back and forth about this. I've said, do they make any solid colors? And you've said, no, they just... No, they're just more sports shirts. Yeah, they're sports shirts. They're not really meant for television. To be fair, they're not meant for television. And I decided stubbornly that I was just going to wear these. And I've got about six or seven of them uh, and I wear them, I wash them, I wear them again. In no particular order. It's not like on Monday I wear it, It's not that anal retentive. But I wear them one by one by one by one until we're done. And then we wear them again. You know, that's just what I've been doing. So a couple of weeks ago, I just, I, I almost went stark raving mad about this. And I just said, I just gotta, I gotta get a solid color shirt. I I have all print shirts. Even the socialite said to me, why do you only wear print shirts? Hard to find a tie for that. Yeah, and I have these ties. And it, 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 sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it's just 
a mishmash. And it's, you know, and I said, I've got to get, and Michael, you know that I've been looking for solid Yeah, shirts. I would say most days on PTI, you look like you're in between going out for a fraternity rush <laughs> and or celebrating your 19th birthday. Yeah. And the shirts are perfectly nice and wearable, but, you know, I started to go nuts. So I called, <clears throat> I texted Allie Mercer. Allie is a woman who works for David Donahue and who has been my contact at David Donahue for a while. And she gets me shirts and she sends me things and, and, and sends them and matches them with ties. And she's really good. She knows what she's doing. And I have worn all of these things all the time. And I said, Allie, I don't know if you're watching the show. But if you're watching the show at some point, you probably said to yourself, my God, he keeps wearing the same things over and over and over. And I explained to her why I was wearing the shirts and why I was wearing the jackets. And I went through this and I said, do you by any chance, by any chance, because I don't want to, I don't go to the laundry anymore. I haven't been to the laundry in seven months. Everything has to be sort of wash and wear for me now. Do you by any chance have any solid color shirts, button downs or not button downs, just solid color that are washable and wearable because I'm not laundering anything? And she wrote me back and she says, we do. We, we actually have a couple of fabrics that we never had before. And one of the fabrics is almost identical to the Johnny O um, sport. What's the sport for? Performance, performance. It's almost identical to that. Feels the same way. And one of them is a sort of a rougher material. Almost feels like a golf shirt. Like a broadcloth. Yeah, it feels like a golf shirt. And she said, these are all washable and wearable in solid colors. And I said, well, could you, could you send me a couple? Could you send me a blue and a white, maybe? Because it's been so long since I wore a solid color shirt. Way to shirt. go out on a limb, blue and a white. Yeah, blue and white. And I, um, and I said, and I've lost a little bit of weight. Uh, maybe you want to send me like a smaller neck size. You're down to a 15 and a half? So I said, maybe you want to send me a smaller neck size. And Allie wrote back. She said, I'll send you the super trim. And I said, Allie, I'm not a super trim. And she said, we just call it super trim. It's just regular trim. It's, it's okay. You'll prob it'll probably be good for you. So two days later, there's a box on, on the porch. And I open it up. And it's four shirts. It's not two. It's four shirts. It's a blue, a, a regular blue, a sort of a lighter grayish blue, and two whites. And I have in the last two days worn one blue and one white, and I will continue to wear these. And, and it's like Christmas for me. I mean, I'm, I'm wearing something a little bit different. It makes me so happy. And so I wrote her and I thanked her and I told her how great this was. And I said, you know, just thank you so very, very much for this. You know, so I'm happy. Good coincidence that these new shirts sync up with the vaccine news up to 95%? <laughs> I don't know. Well, but now, but... but the end is near for you. You yeah, might get out. Yeah, but as you, as you pointed out before, when somebody has 95%, the other person who had 90, who just pulled that number out of thin air because it sounded like a pretty good and believable number, is now saying their vaccine... Oh, 96. We're, good. we're, good. we're 96%. We have recent tests in an hour. Yeah, it's like, it's like an auction. It's basically <laughs> like an auction. Um, so, so if you watch the PTI show... And you're and you're the socialite for the first time uh, in months. You you might think to yourself, "Well, look at that. He's got a solid color shirt on. How did he get that? For Where the did first he? Time what did forever. he do? Yeah. So it's a small story. Yeah, it's not a very good story either.
But may, I was very. May, may I share something? Sure. It's an, it's an etiquette question. So yes. I'm now in a online cycling community, and this. Cycling, oh, because you Peloton now. I wasn't going to drop the name. Um, and okay. That sort of. Kelleher does too. Kelleher Peloton. Oh, maybe I can go get. So there's this weird thing where you can high five people. So they have these classes that at one like point, like Cody Bellinger. Yeah. Well, I can watch off my ruin shoulder. Ruin your shoulder. So get an at one operation. point the class was live, and then they it sort of lives forever on demand. But if you go in at the same time as somebody else, say across the table, it'll show you the leaderboard. And so the other day, somebody is watching. We we're watching each other's progress, and at about you and Liz. This is no. This is a a rider I don't know. A oh. rider in Los Angeles. This rider, male in his 40s, high fives me with 30 seconds left where he has mathematically figured out I cannot pass him. So of the like nine people in this ride, and I've been staring at him for the last 20 You're minutes. You're trying to gun him down. I just wanted to take him out. Right. High fives me. I, I had to high five him back, right? I, yeah, I don't know. I don't so know the, the etiquette, etiquette that I'm trying bicycle. to figure out. But I they also let you... you... Oh, go ahead, Nigel. Uh, oh, I was going to say, I don't think you have to high five him. I mean, he's high... It's a taunt, isn't it? I mean, he's saying, yeah. oh, look, at you're not going to catch me. Why don't you give me? him the TK salute? Well, <laughs> exactly. do that. To that. Yes. There were lesser riders that halfway through the ride were high-fiving me because I was lifting them up. And I just, I was preening as I saw their high-fives coming up on the screen. They also let you ride with a hashtag. So it could be like, you know, uh, boy mom for Liz because she's got two little boys or I ride for wine. Oh, uh, God. So I don't know what, I don't know what you're supposed to put into this. Subaru owner. So I, mine is pretty, pretty <laughs> clear that it's me. I, and I wish Tori were here because I know she rides and I know she knows all these little rules. So I'm searching what sort of hashtags there are. I find a rider based in the 20015 with the rider name La Cheeserie. Really? Yeah. Wow, that's great. I've, I've probably driven by this guy's house. Right. I don't know great. what to do next. Do I challenge him to a road race? <laughs> you, you sit in your house and do this, though, right? So the, you, do you remember the commercial where it was like the captive wife? And the big yeah. thing is everyone tries to find the most beautiful panoramic view to put this thing. We put ours in the back corner of a low-ceiling DC semi-detached basement. When the guys dropped it off, they said to Liz, are you sure this is where we want to put it? Because it's because you could if you sat up straight you'd hit your head. You can sit up, but the, you want a view. You want to be able to look out onto like wilderness or Why? the ocean. Well, can't you put a view in? I think it's I think it's lifestyle I mean, could, for people. For us, it's you, just try and get something, try and work out as quickly as possible. Couldn't you put in like a picture? That would be super sad. One of those like uh, cubicle yeah. posters. Yeah. Couldn't oh, you look like it. all the people at ESPN now with the, you know, with the little shelving unit and the football they won when they were kids? Yeah, aspirational. If I could finally yeah. get that I don't have Connecticut that. mansion. Yeah, I don't I'm, have any I'm of that stuff. I'm so sure are we you riding a, a lot? Are you riding every day? Oh, you think someone would paint a mural for it? Yeah, yeah. I think we get a mural down there. Sure. Mom's laughing at me. Do you, I mean, do you like? Do you ride every day now? Yeah, I'm doing two days. That's great. Liz rides every day. She doesn't. Yeah, she's getting up there. But I. How about Bootsy? I'm competitive. Have about you it. strapped Bootsy in yet? So, uh, no. But every night when we tuck him in, he goes to bed. He's like, I can't go to bed. I have to do my. And he has a little bit of a list. So he just goes, I have to do my exercise. <laughs> I have to ride. Yeah. Does he ride? No, not yet. He should ride. That'd soon. be a little dangerous. All right. Um, what's the worst that he could do? Is fall off. That's a pretty high fall for a little kid. We'll just put some cushions under him. You know. <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll take a break. Well, do we have Chuck Culpepper when we return? Yes, Chuck Culpepper? Yes, that's right. Chuck Culpepper. That's right. Wonderful. I'm Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to the Tony Kornheiser Show. So this is the FitBot ad. Nigel, you do the FitBot, but you don't do the Peloton, right? Or do you do the... Can you do both? Can you do the FitBot and the Peloton? Oh, sure. I guess you can. 
Yeah, you can do both. I have done the Peloton um, previously when I was in the gym. One of the reasons why I love FitBod is because if I can't go to the gym right now. It'll give you exercises to do with equipment. If you have a little bit of equipment, if you don't have any equipment, it'll show you exercises you can do. It literally has videos of like and explains how you're going to be able to do these exercises, walks you through it. It's just fantastic. If you're really upset that you can't go to a gym right now, this is the greatest thing in the world for you. And I think Maryland is closing um, gyms soon. I think maybe. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. So so you like this, right? You do FitBod. Michael, do you do FitBod? Yes. Yes, you do? I've tried it, yes. Okay, wonderful. FitBot combines the... No I don't do it. FitBot combines the knowledge of tell. fitness pros with a powerful <laughs> machine learning algorithm to give you a workout program that maximizes your results. You get a program tailored to your unique body experience and environment. It's perfect for anyone who's looking to get better fitness results, whether your goal is general fitness, strength toning, strength training, muscle tone, bodybuilding, powerlifting or Olympic weightlifting. How many people are they appealing to that want to be Olympic weightlifters? I mean, I would say if you, you know, if you're worried that you haven't gone out lately and you want to try to stay in shape because your whole world is upside down, get FitBot. I wouldn't say and do it to go to the Olympics. That's sort of odd. A way to crush Nigel's dream. No equipment, yeah, no worries. FitBot has body weight routines for those looking to get fit at home or on the go. FitBot is super easy to use. And as Nigel said, it even has HD video tutorials to make learning new exercises a breeze. How does that work? How does how do you do that? It, you Nigel? just it, you click on it and it it shows a de you know a demonstration of how the exercise works. It's it's great because a lot of times you're like, oh, I want to do this, but I don't know what's a you know a squat or something like that. You just don't know the lingo, and it shows you how to do it, curls, things like that. It's just uh, it's great. Okay, it integrates with other fitness and health apps like Apple Health, Fitbit, and Strava or Strava. I don't know how it's pronounced. Personalized training can be tough on the budget, but FitBot is only $9.99 a month or $59.99 a year. Plus, you can try one month of workouts absolutely free. Get a personalized fitness plan that helps you work out smarter at fitbod.me slash Tony. Mm. Try FitBod free for one month when you sign up today at fitbod.me slash Tony. That's one free month when you sign up at fitbod dot me slash tony use the code get a free month don't be stupid use the code you're listening to the tony kornheiser show this is sent to us by timothy kingston in peterborough ontario his group is called north of summer it's a new tune it's called feast of spies and he says we should sing along and stamp your feet. Just be careful you don't blow out another pair of shoes in the process. Well, how can I sing along if I've not, I don't know the song. I can only sing along to Beach Boys songs pretty much in my life, not these other songs. But it's North of Summer, uh, and the song is called Feast of Spies. Actually, it's nice. Sounds a little bit like she's the one. Or you're, you're still the one. You're still the one. Is That's the song I'm thinking of. You're still the one. Huh. I would sing along. It does have some Jersey Shore to it. Yeah, I would sing along if somebody could just sort of send me the lyrics. But anyway, okay. Uh, Chuck Culpepper joins us now. And normally we would talk to Chuck about the most recently concluded Masters because that would be something he would have covered for the Washington Post. 
but because it was in November and he covers college football for the Washington Post, he was not at the Masters. So just as an introductory question, I would just ask you, is there any particular takeaway? I'm sure you tried to watch some of it when you could. Was there any particular takeaway from the Masters that, that you, you were impressed by? I get all kind of bent out of shape when I think a player's number of major titles doesn't match up with his caliber. You know, when it's when it, and I think Dustin Johnson has a mul- kind of like a multiple major titles caliber. So I was always kind of waiting for for him to to add another one to that 2016 U.S. Open, which was won under very hard circumstances, by the way. So I think you know the fact that it was so emphatic is. Uh, there's a justice in there that I like. That's just me. So I mentioned this the other day. There are only three active tour players, just three, that have won the U.S. Open and the Masters, which to my way of thinking, Chuck, would be if you if you asked an American player, if you could only win two, which would they be? I would think they would, everybody would say the Masters, and I think they would say the U.S. Open. A, a European player would say the British Open, and I get that, and the Masters. That, that's what they would say. But there's only three. There's only Spieth, Dustin Johnson, and Tiger. That is a hard double. That's, is it not? That's a hard double, obviously. Well, those two are always the answer. One of those two is always the answer to that question. You know, which one were you pretending to win when you were a child yeah. in the, in the, on the course? So I think I'm kind of surprised it's only three. I That's haven't it. heard that stat before just now and uh, started, you know, going through the players who could have done it. Of course, McElroy lacking only the Masters. And when you think of Spieth, he lacks only the, the PGA. So. Yeah, right, and Phil scenario. Phil never got the open. Phil never got the right. open. I, right. You know, Brooks Kepka doesn't have it with multiples. There's a lot of guys with multiples that don't. That's not to the now. The Angel Cabrera has it, but he's not an active tour player anymore. You know, right. there's only right. three on like of, out of 100, 150 people active tour players. There's only three right now. So, so anyway, right. anyway, all right, so let me get let me get to the subject at hand, which is every single day more. More games are canceled. More college football games are canceled. NFL games aren't canceled. College football games are canceled or postponed or whatever the rule of that conference is. No conference so far is immune from this. Am I right? Do you have do right. we have explanations as to why this is? Uh, no, but we think sometimes about things such as say Halloween. Uh, right after Halloween, you know, we've had what in the three weekends since Halloween. What was it, 10 games, November 7, 15, November 14, and I think it's up to seven now, although I should check it every 10 minutes, you know, but <laughs> since Halloween, um, yeah, it's, it's gone amok since Halloween, so I, that's not a very scientific answer, I don't think, but, you know, I've, I've been roaming around this fall uh, to a troubling degree sometimes, <laughs> And uh, I've been to nine college towns. And sometimes you just see things where you go, whoa, you know, near the stadium in Alabama, was trying to get to the parking garage. And here's these two yards just full of people, no masks and, or, or very few. And it's things that you don't normally see anymore, you know, and, and suddenly, suddenly here they are. It's very, it's jarring the way we've had to live this year. And then to just see these things, you know, at Georgia, full bar. They were all outdoors, but 
there in Athens looks like a regular 2019 time. And, you know, you do kind of wonder when you see these things. There are all the conferences, much like the federal government, which just says, you know, do what you want at this point and has no uh, coherent national policy in college football, unlike the NBA, unlike the NHL, you know, there is no coherent policy in college. So the conferences handle it themselves. And sometimes inside the conferences, cities put limits in that are different than the conference limits in your like the city of Berkeley is not what the Pac-12 is doing universally. In your opinion, is any one conference handling this best? And, And I don't mean the coronavirus. I mean, the sort of way of coping with what appears to be, uh, you know, necessary postponements and or cancellations? I don't think I could choose one that was ahead in that, in that rating. And I, I think one thing is, you know, even if you look at the way that the whole thing has gone for the Big Ten, where, you know, they stopped on August 11th, returned on September 16th, and they returned so late that, you know, if you lose a game, it's canceled rather than rescheduled into some date in December because all those dates are full. But even when they, you know, which they're criticized for now, they went about canceling the season and did it kind of early. I, I couldn't quibble with that. You know, there, there was sound thinking behind that decision. So I, I run into, I sort of run into us maybe becoming a bit too equivocal myself when I uh, try to evaluate the leagues and how they're doing because I just think something nobody's ever dealt with before really is a compelling point to to make me kind of refrain from from uh, you know criticizing a decision such as the the ones the Big Ten and the Pac-12 made in August, which have put them you know and we just saw Arizona State at Colorado uh, this for this weekend canceled, not going to happen, you know and. That leaves the whole season misshapen and a little bit farcical, real, or quite farcical. Yeah, so this, this is interesting to me. The Big Ten, you know, was very pompous when they canceled and then skulked back into it for money like everybody does. Uh, and then they said, but if we don't play six games, you know, it's not enough. You got to at least play six to get to the championship, which is fine until Ohio State only plays four. And then they'll change that rule, as we all know. But I do wonder what it means for a playoff in terms of, you know, why are they, are they, and if they are, why are they locked into certain dates for a playoff? I mean, why not just push it out the other side and do it later than you normally would and get a playoff? I would think there's still a chance for that. Um, <clears throat> we know that Bob Bowlesby, the commissioner of the Big 12, was saying last week that it had been discussed that it could be moved. Those things involve you know, a slew of contracts, and I think they're really hard to move. But I I got to think that, that if that comes to pass, um, it's not going to be the biggest shock in the world. And I, I think, you know, I think there's still a chance of that. Well, it makes sense. If you want to have a playoff, at least have enough of a season where you think you're getting the best teams. And one of the problems in deciding who's really good and who's not really good, who looks really good, is that there are no interconference games this year. You know, there's no benchmark. There's no like, oh, okay, I saw Notre Dame at Florida, not Florida, at Florida, not Florida State. Or I saw Oklahoma at 
I don't know, Alabama. You know what I mean? And you carry that with you for a certain amount of time during the season and you measure teams against that. It's just conference games. So to me, I don't, I don't know how you know. Do you know? No, and if you look at it from, from very early on in, when we first started having this committee in 2014, if you looked at how they would weigh those games, I remember one between Auburn and Kansas State, I believe it was. Or I believe, and if you look at the way they would weigh those games, it would be much more heavily than it, than it used to be. They were using those games, you know, like you say, yeah. as a monitor, yeah. monitor for who was, who was good. And those games are much more occasional. They're rarer than, than we often think they are. When you really look at the meaningful, you know, cross-conference games. So, yeah, and we don't have those. And then we have this other thing of, um, okay, Clemson goes to Notre Dame. They lose 47-40 to 40 in two overtimes, after which Notre Dame students storm the field because it's really yes, exciting. First time since 93 to beat a number one. But then you have to sit there and say, okay, not only did they not have their number one draft pick quarterback, you know, um, that night, they also didn't have sort of the mainstay, sort of the, the uh, pillar of their defense, uh, James Skalski. So, you know, the idea that Notre Dame was running all around the field on this a little bit, how do we evaluate that? No, I understand that. I mean, this is, it's hard to know. Like, Wilbon is so excited because Northwestern has a chance, if they beat Wisconsin, to actually get in the Big Ten championship. And he was rooting for Indiana, of course, to beat Ohio State, which is a much longer shot than Northwestern beating Wisconsin, but I say, how good is your team? And he goes, I have no idea. I have no right. idea. Right. You know, there's no way to measure, you know, it's, it's like a myopic look, don't you think? You, there's no broad way to measure yet, to me. It's crazy that we're trying to measure, even though we all are, because I guess we want some semblance of something normal. And if you look at what his coach just said last Saturday night after being Purdue, the key stat is your COVID numbers you know, staying away from COVID and our players have been so disciplined and I'm so proud of them. And that's the most important thing. What kind of stat is that? You know, and, and yes, yes, it's great that they've been disciplined because it's hard to do when you're that age and you want to go to parties and so on. But is that a way to, you know, to kind of have a meaningful college football playoff? I'm not, you know, doubtful on that. It's very odd. Uh, South Carolina fired Will Muschamp, which I sort of understand. Um, he's not, they're not the first school to fire him in the middle of the season. Florida did that. But the name that pops up, you freeze. Are you kidding me? I mean, is that, is that a real thing in your mind that they would go after a guy who was forced out not only on personal bad character deals, but because there was you know, recruiting scandals all around him forced out of Ole Miss. Is he a real name for South Carolina in the same conference where I thought there was sort of a, a, a bench warrant out for him that he couldn't even be an assistant there? <laughs> Every time I see that name pop up, I think, is that a real name that's being considered? <laughs> you freeze. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. I mean, I, you, you can never put it past uh, college athletics to stun you with some sort of thing like this. But um, I, w I would just consider that just an another kind of a lower base than, than we're used to it when we think it, the base can't get lower. I mean, it, that would be kind of a shock. And I thought I was. That's yeah, not. 
He's a coach. I understand he's a very good coach. There's no question about that. He's a very good coach. And he is rehabbing himself at Liberty, which is a, a religious school, in order to cleanse himself from everything that happened before. But it would be, I'd be sort of agape if a school in the same conference went back to him. I would be, but maybe not. Maybe I shouldn't be, right? Chuck, maybe I shouldn't be. Well, life should have taught us not to be to some degree, but yeah, I, I would be too. I just... When that, you know, first of all, I was surprised that they, that South Carolina got rid of Muschamp because I thought that wasn't going to happen this season with any coach. It must have been a situation where, I don't know, he just had had lost. Maybe the players weren't listening to him anymore, or something, or he just had just lost all his effect. You know, whatever it was before. So, yeah, um, if it's this guy uh, to come in, freeze. I, wow, baffled. Yeah. All right, get you out of here on this. That's the question you ask anybody who covers college football. Jim Harbaugh's future. What is it? Oh, there's another case where I wonder, you know, you know, with him, I wonder if there's a certain amount of time after which it just gets kind of, if you're, if you're playing for him, the way it looks is really, is really stunning. So I'm going to say his future is uh, maybe having another season next year, and then we'll see. Well, where where it goes from there? That's my that would be my guess is that this year will be seen as a throwaway in some way. He'll be he'll have another season to to see uh, if he can get it right, and then he'll write to the degree that they want, and then he'll uh, move along one way or another if it doesn't go right. But is he one of those guys that's that after a while of being around him and listening to him, and does he wear on you in a way? that say somebody like Davo Sweeney does not, you know, that's, that's my question there. Nobody of course would say anything publicly about whether that's true, but, but I do wonder about that. If, if after a while the effect fades. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's that type of big personality and that, that very well might be the case. Thanks so much, Chuck. Talk to you soon. Okay. Thanks so much, Tony. Always. Thank you. Chuck Culpepper, boys and girls. We will take a break. Chuck Todd, we're doing all Chucks today. Uh, it's ground Chuck offense. Chuck Knox, for those of you old enough to remember that, ground Chuck. Um, so we're, Chuck Todd will pick some games when we return, as will Reginald the Monkey. And uh, I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. Tony Kornheiser Show. Hey, everyone, this new world we're living in has me and my family talking a lot more. I mean, we're talking about everything from how much greater was the greatest of all time than today's greatest to how to make sourdough bread, which both Michael and Elizabeth have made and can make, to how excited we are that football is finally back. And that's important. Football has been um, a savior to a lot of a lot of families. Football is dependable. Pro football. Anyway, I can't keep watching my dog run circles in the backyard and call that a spectator sport. Well, if she's chasing a fox or if she gets a rabbit in her mouth, that is sort of a spectator sport. Or if she destroys a Frisbee. Destroys a Frisbee, which she's doing. The quality of the Frisbees lately, just That's for another limited. show. But despite how talkative we all are, the people at Lincoln Financial, to get back to the ad, want to point out the one conversation that most people still have not had, and that is your financial plans. Do find time to talk to your loved ones about this. Because the more we talk, the better we plan, protect, and ro- retire. Not retire, Not retread. Let's do that again. The more we talk, the better we plan, protect, and retire. 
That's why Lincoln Financial is here to help you. Get the right questions to start your conversation at lincolnfinancial.com. I respect this ad. It is well-written. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. Here's the email. In the blissfully COVID-free days of February, you generously played a composition by my son, Brasher Miller. Well, he is showing he's a 5-2 player. Down to Earth was written by Brasher. He plays all of the instruments on the recording. However, the vocalist, Trinay, I hope I pronounced that correctly, Campbell steals the show. Brasher moved to Nashville in September, where he's a freshman at Belmont University. Trinay is a freshman at UAB. Isn't that nice? Isn't this nice? It's beautiful. So, Michael, if people like Brasher Miller and Trinay Campbell want to send in their original music or Brasher's dad wants to send it in, how do they do it? Send us your music by emailing it to jingles at com. And again, you can listen to the songs in their entirety without us interrupting them at the end of the podcast. Chuck Todd joins us now. He had a rough week. Not terribly rough, but he's three and four, so he's now 34 and 35. I'd have picked Baltimore at New England, and I'd have picked Tennessee, too. I'd have gone down the drain with both of those the way you did, right? Can, I, are... can I make a confession? Yeah. I made the uh, gambler's mistake of, it's been a rough Sunday. Let me double up on Baltimore. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. So uh-uh. I made a bad day worse. I had one of those where I made a bad day worse. Those things sometimes happen. I really thought, yeah. I mean, with what I'd seen of New England, I just really thought Baltimore oh. was going to win that game. And, I thought it and now it appears. Race. Yeah. I, really now it, I thought this was going to be a humiliation. Yeah. It appears that Baltimore is not nearly as good as we thought they were. I mean, they're, they're, well, they're not. They're not. Is so. it? Um, who is it? I mean, it feels like Tennessee in the playoffs last year decoded the ring, the Lamar ring. Yeah. And he hasn't, and, and everybody has watched that film. Right. And because now he's not been it, the same. Right. So when you, when you are watching Lamar Jackson in your mind, now the actual person you're watching right now is Kyler Murray because he Kyler <laughs> yeah. Murray, there's only one player in the league with more rushing touchdowns, Dalvin cook, then Kyler Murray, who I would stress is not a running back. He's not a running back. He's got 10 rushing touchdowns. Kyler Murray looks, you know, he looks great, but he's so small. Anyway, that, let, let's get to exciting. that. It's the single most exciting player to watch in the NFL right now. I agree. So let's, let's get to that because for one of the rare times, it's a fabulous Thursday night game. It appears to be, anyway. Fabulous Thursday night game. Arizona at Seattle. Two teams and two quarterbacks going in the opposite direction. This is, without question, the must game for Seattle. It is not for Arizona, but it is for Seattle. And if you like Arizona, you get three, which is a little more than I thought you might get. Who you like in this? Yeah, that's, um, I think, for all the reasons you just stated, Seattle has to win. It yeah. feels like they, this is the prevent the reeling. Um, you know, they, I think if they lose this, then you would you add this to your sports column reeling, the reeling Seattle Seahawks? Sure. Absolutely. Um, I think you get to avoid that word if you. Um, I don't like the three. I wish it were one or two. Um, this has that feel of some botched two point conversion will make it so that somehow this score will always be two. 
right? Two points in one, two or one in one direction or the other. But I, I am, uh, I'm going to stick with the home team on Thursday night. Right? When in doubt, both good teams, I, I, I'll, I'll go yeah. with the home team. That, a that's week. a game. But I don't love that. It. It's a game I want to see. And very few Thursday night games can say that. We had the next game is Atlanta now getting five at New Orleans. New Orleans does not have Drew Brees. He's not playing, kids. He's not walking through that door. Atlanta has won three out of four, and it should have been four out of four since they switched coaches. The game they lost is when Todd Gurley, less than 10 seconds after being told by Matt Ryan, don't score, and he goes, yeah, I got it, I got it, scored. And that allowed Matthew Stafford to go down the field in, I don't know, four seconds. Or they should have won four in a row. Because right now, right now, Chuck, Minnesota and Atlanta are a lot better than they were five weeks ago. A lot better. And they're getting five at New Orleans. I'd be inclined, I'd honestly be inclined to go. Well, I love Sean Payton, so maybe not. But I'd be inclined to go take the five on this one. How about you? And honestly, I was, the only thing that has me nervous, I was kidding with you off off, uh, I guess we wouldn't call this off camera, off recorder, uh, about the half point change. But it yeah. does dawn on me that, um, so did New Orleans officially say Hill's going to start, not Jameis? I don't know. I'm or, unaware of or that. Are they splitting? I, I don't know. I mean, it's interesting that the you, line has gone up, that somehow the more we learn about how they're going to do this two quarterback bit, I want to, everything about this game says take Atlanta for all the reasons you state. I will say this, and I'm going to take Atlanta because I just – but why do I have a feeling that this offense might become more productive with, with Breeze off the field? I don't know about just, that. My, uh, my feeling about this game – yeah, I, I do. No, a little yeah. bit because, I, I mean, look, it, it will become more creative. It will. Yeah. And Sean Payton, see, I think the one reason I would take New Orleans in this game, and it's an odd reason for me, is I think you can win one game when you throw somebody new in and you game plan differently and it works. If this game was next week and Breeze wasn't in it, I would take Atlanta in a heartbeat. But that, you but know, here's the, other, here's the other reason you take Atlanta here, or if, if you're just sort of, you know, it is an inner, it's, it's, they play Conference. twice a year. They know and, each other. And for some reason, this is a rivalry. I don't get it. Like, I don't, you know, I don't think of the Atlanta Falcons having a rivalry with anybody. But Atlanta fans care about beating the Saints. And for some reason, the Saints fans care about beating the Falcons. Um, so that's the other part of this, is that this game, I think, actually might mean something to Atlanta. Okay, the, the next game is is very hard to figure because these are two teams – that we thought were better than they have actually been in recent weeks. This is Tennessee at Baltimore. Tennessee is getting six and a half. That's really a lot and must have something to do with the notion that, oh, well, Baltimore is still smarting from what happened in the playoffs, so Baltimore is laying in wait for Tennessee. That's a lot of points to give Tennessee, it seems to me. But Tennessee hasn't been that good lately either. That's right. No defense. Whatever it is they figured out last year in the playoffs against Baltimore, they've been terrible this year. I will tell you, though, I feel like it's one of my earliest gambling mishaps in Vegas. Um, I'm in my 20s, and you, you're, you just get to Vegas, and you have some crisp $100 bills. And, you know, there your budget's 500 and I'm hoping that lasts the weekend, right? 
So, um, and I just started chasing roulette. Well, you know, my friend said, Oh, just put a quick hundred on black, you know, let's find one, you know, and it hit red, hit red, hit red. And I just kept doubling up and I lost all that money in like five minutes. (laughs) One of these things. Well, I feel like if I bet on the Ravens again, I'm chasing this roulette color. You know? Right, right. Oh, right. I swear to God, I know it's hit red seven times in a row, but it's not going to hit red again. It's going to hit black. And it's like, no, the odds are exactly the same, no matter how you play it, right? Um, but that wasn't what my brain addled, my booze addled brain thought 25 years ago. Um, I feel I don't love chasing Lamar here, but my God, he's, they've got to win sometime. That's a lot of points. But I'm going to go with the Ravens. Okay. I understand that. I do. Although both teams, that's a hard game to figure. I don't that's even understand. That's a lot of points. I, I'm surprised. It is. it is. I bet you it goes down. I bet you that goes down by Sunday. Okay. Uh, we'll look at that. Full point. We'll see. Yeah. Um, the next one, if Nigel gave this to me correctly, I absolutely don't understand it. Green Bay getting two and a half at Indianapolis. Yeah. I'm stunned by that. Are you stunned by that? Is that the right line? Is that the right line? It, you know, um, if you just looked at the Colts, beat the, you know, they beat the Titans pretty badly. You know, that wasn't that close of a game. That's right. That's right. That was a beat down. And the Packers just lollygag. I mean, that Jacksonville game was exactly how I expected them. You know, they just sort of do whatever they have to do to win. And you're like, why are they letting this team in this game? Um, There's something missing with this Packer team. They don't know how to, they don't, you know, maybe Lazard coming back. They have one of their receivers just coming back after being injured. So maybe that helps. Um, I am hoping, I'm going to take the Packers as a fan here. I'm hoping being an underdog motivates them. Um, But I'm really worried that the Packers are going to make that Jonathan Taylor a superstar this week because Anybody can run on the Packers. Yeah. They're, they're, um, they, it's that, like anybody that, that can pass on Seattle. Yes, it's yeah. true. That, that it's makes true. me very nervous. And that's how, you know, Baltimore, you know, Baltimore, excuse me, Indianapolis, if they had a better quarterback, I think they'd be a Super Bowl team. The defense is they, really good. I mean, they have a lot of pieces. I just don't have faith in Rivers. But if you don't have to make Rivers win for you, then suddenly, you know, he's, I guess he's a game manager. I just, you know, I don't think you can do that anymore in the NFL, but we'll find out. I really wonder if Andrew Luck ever sits down and says, I'd like to go back. I love this team. I wonder if he does that. It's been a couple of years now. Kansas City is at Vegas. In Kansas City, Vegas beat them. It's the most sort of surprising win of the year, even though Vegas is 6-3. and three. If Vegas were to win this game and go 2-0 and oh this year, on Kansas City, um, it's a divisional game. You would say to yourself, wow, they're good. And nobody has said that to this point. Nobody has said that. Kansas City on the road, minus six and a half. And that is an indication that nobody thinks Vegas can repeat that. Do you think Vegas can repeat it? I don't either. I think the, the Chiefs are the, the team. No one, for some reason, we're not talking about them because they're the best team. The, they're the best team, and yet yep. Kyler Murray's more fun to watch this year. Or we're all curious what's going on with Russell Wilson. Or hey, how about to uh, you know? Have you seen Justin Herbert? And it's just like, oh yeah, yep. remember that guy Pat Mahomes? 
Yeah, he's so, the best. Yeah, I, 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 this is one of those where you think this is going to be a good game and it's 35 to 10 at halftime. And you're like, oh, that's right. Kansas City's that much better than everybody else. Yeah, okay. So you'll take Kansas City, as I would as well. Um, the Los Angeles Rams go across the country, which they do all the time this year. They yeah, play Tampa Bay. Is, like, is this the fifth time? Fourth time. Fourth or fifth time Jeez. they're going across the country. It's so it's all the way across the country. And I don't think the Rams, they covered either time, any of the times, by the way. I know they didn't cover with Buffalo, and I know they didn't cover with Miami. But anyway, go ahead. I don't think. Well, it's, it, was, it was three and a half yesterday. It is down to three. You get three with the Rams. Tampa Bay had a very good bounce-back game last week. Um, God only knows if Antonio Brown will be on the field <laughs> because at any given point, something in Antonio Brown's past could pop up and he's gone. You just don't know with that. But will you take the three, or do you believe that at this point, Tampa Bay, as long as they don't have to play New Orleans, knows what they're doing? I, um, I don't. I, 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 uh, I want to see Tom Brady and Aaron Donald. You know, I, 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 yeah. I don't think he could play Statue of Liberty there and, and have a have a comfortable game. I, I, I'm I'm going to take the Rams here because you know Brady gets happy feet when he's under pressure and he could feel pressure all day long. And and even and the one other time he what when then even in that Super Bowl, you know, he didn't play great. It was a pretty crummy Super Bowl. If you if you recall against those Rams, that's right. Young, that that's right. Younger Rams team, and he didn't. So um, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with the Rams and, and think they're gonna rattle Brady. I'm sorry you're not getting the three and a half. Then you can blame yeah, Nigel yeah, that half for point, that. That half point would have been nice, but you know Nigel really, you know, he's doing a favor for for Reginald. I understand, you know, giving him hey, every edge would, he can give. If I'm sure we could find a three and a half somewhere. If you would like the three and a half, we can give you three and a half. The Carvel's sports book is just a yeah. sports book. <laughs> right, Carvel's book. Right, you Car- get the hook on Carvel it. book. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna give you three and a half. Metairie. He actually has a place in Metairie uh, that he takes his bet. Yeah. yeah, it's a, a beachfront place. Um, Cincinnati and Washington, a game that everybody's looking forward to. Cincinnati <laughs> is getting one and a half. The Washington is this football the team. Believe game. Will this be yeah, the Achieve to leave game again? Yeah, the, the Washington is favored. This is based on what? I mean, I'm sitting here thinking, based on what? How are they favored exactly? They they just lost. Oh, anyway, you got to pick the game. You can get Cincinnati yeah, I, with one and a half. It's Burrow. I'm I'm a huge fan of him. I mean, if he survives, if he's upright for the season. No, I... I I'm, I'm with you. I don't get it. I guess it's because they don't know if Mixon's going to play. I mean, the, the Bengals are pretty beat up with whatever. They're missing some people. But um, that, that football team offense, I mean, it looks so precarious. You watch him drop back, and you're like, oh, no. All you do is sit there, don't get hit. Don't get hit. Yeah, he's going to get and, hit. And, 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 and he gets the ball out. and you know He does. He's a professional quarterback. He's really good. He is. Nobody completes so, more passes under 10 yards than he does, you know, no. than Alex Smith. And they're very good. No. So, uh, but no, give me the Bengals. Okie dokie. All right, you've been sleeping well this week, have you, you know, because you don't have to be on the air at 3 in the morning at any time to call something. You're, you're good. Well, right? You had a good week. I am a, citi- I am a citizen, so I would say <laughs> I'm not sleeping as well as I should. <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, um, yeah, we'll stay away from politics this time. Thank you, Chuck. I think it's a good idea. Okay. Thank you, Chuck. 
Chuck Todd, boys and girls. And if we just gave you Chuck Todd, that would be enough, obviously. But we give you a monkey. See the monkey, he's scritch, scritch, scratching. And we're not singing along. Smoking and laughing. <laughs> hanging with you can't guess. Tap, tap, Speak for yourself. Nigel's going to go Reginald's got the bite spike. Sometimes he throws poo 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 poo. And he's had too much Johnny Walker so what do you got? What did he do? Well, what did Reginald do? Well, I Reginald went down. Reginald was terrible sh- last week. By the way, Reginald's one and two almost every week because Reginald's twelve and eighteen. It, it's, it's having a bad year. It's having a Stop. bad year even for a monkey. Yes, well, it hasn't been the best year for, for Reginald, but I think we know why. He's been very busy, and when I went down to the National Zoo, Mister Tony, he's very excited. Apparently, he's been working on another vaccine, and it is ready, as he told me, uh, for FDA approval. He's been working on this in conjunction with the people from Cadbury. Uh, apparently, they're hoping have, to have it ready by Easter, which is works well with Cadbury. And uh, they've got a 12% effectiveness rate. So if you can't get the other ones, I know 12% is not great, but it's better than nothing. So anyways, that's what Reginald's been working on. Now, the first game we gave him was Arizona uh, getting three on the road against Seattle. Uh, and he showed me a lovely photograph of him golfing with Wilbon out uh, in Arizona, I believe at the Troon North Golf Club with uh, Kyler Murray and Larry Fitzgerald. So clearly he's got ties to Arizona and he will take the Cardinals with the three. Uh, the second game we gave him was um, Indianapolis uh, giving two and a half at home uh, versus Green Bay. Uh, and this was an interesting shot of him at base camp at Mount Everest. Apparently he was scaling Mount Everest with Peyton Manning, Marvin Harrison, and Steve Entman. So he's got ties to the Indianapolis area. Clearly he will take the Colts and lay the two and a half. And of course, we always give him uh, the Washington football team. Uh, this is uh, the Washington football team. Uh, giving one and a half at home versus Cincinnati. And I, I'm not sure if you knew this, but but apparently Reginald was the doctor who fixed Alex Smith's leg. Yeah, so he's got very strong ties to this football team, and he will take them and lay the one and a half at home against the Bengals. All right, you're going to pick Washington. We'll see what happens. Again, they covered last week. Maybe they cover again. Uh, we will get out of here now. We will come back with email and a jingle, and I am Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is the Bespoke Post ad. This fall, as you get back into the swing of things, Bespoke Post has brand new seasonal box of awesome collections for guys, guaranteed to upgrade your life. Michael, do we have I've something? i one right now that I'm looking at, the Feast Box. It includes a carving knife and a stabbing stick. Tremendous. Whether it's gear to upgrade your autumn craft beers or cozy threads for when the temperature dips, Bespoke Post only sends guys the best stuff every month, no matter what you're into. Box of Awesome has you covered. From style and grooming goods to barware, cooking tools, and outdoor gear, Box of Awesome has collections for every part of your life. What are they getting again? A stabbing stick? Yeah. What is that? I think it's called a, uh, it's a knife. Oh, okay. Or a fork. Uh, a fork. Stabbing to, stick. Yeah, to get started, take the quiz at boxofawesome.com. Your answers will help them pick the right Box of Awesome for you. They release new boxes every month across a ton of different categories. It's free to sign up, and you can skip a month or cancel any time. Each box only costs $45, but has over $70 worth of gear inside. And to get 20% off your first monthly box, sign up at boxofawesome.com and enter the code TONY at checkout. That's boxofawesome.com, code TONY for 20% off your first box. And as we say all the time, use the code, people. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. Tony Kornheiser Show. 
if you listen to this show Don't forget to use the code A new suit or underpants <laughs> Or Nils Lofgren or Steve Van Zandt Say some dough with this promo And don't forget to use the code So would you please, please, please don't really know just what that means Is it like a sale at Hex? <laughs> From workers there get no respect Why So you if you it? listen to this show Don't forget to use the code the lyrics are by Robert Skolnicki in Winnipeg, Manitoba. The vocal is by Joe Arrow in Ellicott City, Maryland. And uh, Robert writes, I had to look up the spelling of Hex because I've never been there. It rhymes with respect, which I thought was funny. Is a promo code like a sale at Hex. A similar store in Winnipeg could have been a Retsky's department store. That store closed a long time ago. What rhymes with a Retsky? Gretzky, of course. Obviously, Wayne Gretzky. That's lovely, lovely song. Lovely song. Nigel, you want to do the uh, Bethesda Bagel ad for us? Yes, thank you very much. Uh, we love Bethesda Bagel. You will as well. To find the location in the D.C. area nearest you, just go to BethesdaBagel.com and then head on in. We've got the bagels today. We got the bagel sandwiches the other day, but it's all fantastic. Right. Stop in and you'll be pleased. And That'll Joe, speaking of codes, go check out TKQZip. Some right. great Johnny's now, yeah, now that is officially the winter season. Oh, it's cold now. That'll just about do it for us today. But before we get to the mailbag, let me say long distance information. Give me Memphis, Tennessee. Help me find a party. Tried to get in touch with me. She could not leave a number, but I know who placed the call because my uncle took the message and he wrote it on the wall. Um, that's Chuck Berry originally and covered very well by Johnny Rivers. Very well. Yes. Thanks to our guest today, Chuck Culpepper and the Beatles of the Washington Post and meet the press host, Chuck Todd. Does he still do that show? Wow. Thanks as well to our sponsors today, Lincoln Financial. I thought that was funny. Bespoke Post and FitBot. And remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Radio.com. If you get the show through iTunes, please leave us a review. So Jolene Wojcik from Grand Island, uh, Nebraska, wrote. She says, every time I email in, you always say Jolene Wojcik from Grand Island, Nebraska, who goes to the Masters every year, even though I do not actually type that sentence in my email. This year, though, you cannot say that because, as you know, there will not be any patrons at the Masters. I thought, you, and so this is prior to the Masters. I thought you might be interested in seeing the email I received from Augusta. All of us who have a badge to attend the tournament are going to be allowed to shop for Masters gear. Yeah, for those that do not know, Augusta has never put any of their merchandise online. The only way you can get it is to go there or have someone else buy it for you at the tournament. Since you won't have time to read through the entire email, let me summarize the steps that were outlined. Uh, I will be sent an email with a link to click on to provide personal information to identify myself. Then I will be sent a confirmation email within three minutes with another link to the online shop. Within 15 minutes, I have to activate the access link or it will cease to work. However, once activated, I can browse all I want. I can shop and add things to my card as much as I want, but I can only check out twice, so only two transactions, in order to allow everyone a chance to purchase the exclusive 2020 merchandise. What are the odds this all goes at plan? I'd like to offer up to all the littles that I'd buy Masters gear for them, but I don't have the time or the funds to float everyone. But it would be a nice thing to do, wouldn't it? If only I had a code. Take care and be well. You worry me, you know. Know that you and the whole crew are in my prayers. Isn't that nice? 
If only Augusta were in charge of the virus. Look at that check-in process. They would do it. From Tim Robertson, it's your trusty Nova Scotian and his faithful dog Murphy still trudging along in the dark gloom of rural Nova Scotia. After listening to the podcast, I have one important question. I'm sure I'm a little naive in this modern world, and I don't want to cause any kind of problem because I really want to know, what in the hell is a refugee safe way? These words were mouthed by that young whippersnapper that sits six feet, one inch away from you. So I guess I can defer to his end of the table for an explanation. You can explain. No, it's just your, it's your local Safeway. Yeah. That never has anything you're looking it for. It doesn't have 4% like. 4% cottage cheese, large yeah. curd. It doesn't have grapefruit juice. juice. It has like 700 orange juices and no grapefruit juices. Or it doesn't have the other day Marie's chunky blue cheese dressing in the jar, which I like. It had only Marie's light. I don't want just light. L-I-T-E light. You need that full fat. Yeah. Versus the social safe way, which is fully stocked. Don't even, the DuPont one, you don't want that one. On another note, I've listened to every podcast of the last six months, and many things have made me smile, laugh, and even question, but something you said well over a month ago has had me deeply concerned about your well-being. I finally decided I can't hold it in. I must speak my mind on this issue, as you've obviously struggled with memory issues in the last month or so. Hill Street Blues is the best show ever? What are you, mad? That show has to look up at the hole in the shoe that belongs to Jeb Bartlett and the rest of the cast of West Wing. If you folks could find a way to get Jeb back into office, once again, you'd have the second greatest country on earth, Canada being, of course, the greatest. Lots of love from the North. Hill Street Blues is the greatest show ever made. It's just, it's not, Doubling you know, down. what can I tell you? Michael O'Rourke in D.C. Nigel, Michael, is there a TK code for the butcher box read? I did not see it on the website. I can't tell whether the butcher box code works. My kids... Heard the read this week in the car, and they want to put an order in. My 10-year-old is fascinated in getting a box of meat in the mail. The dialogue <laughs> went like this. Son from the backseat, Dad, can we try that? Dad, try what? Son, butcher box. Dad, really? Son, yeah, I want it for my birthday. Dad, okay. Son, I want the lobster tails for my birthday dinner. Dad, do you know what a lobster tail is? Needless to say, we'll try it. Also, my nine-year-old loves the Steny Hoyer song. He spent the entire ride cackling in the backseat and having me rewind it again and again. How many nine-year-olds know the name of both the house whip and the Patriots' backup quarterback? Thanks again for the entertainment. You know, isn't that nice? Check out your local Whole Foods freezer section for the Luke's Lobster Lobster Tales. Give it a go. Let me do this. Dear Dr. Hoffwaff, I always appreciate how you say vincero with an Italian pronunciation, but the word vincero does not actually exist in the language. What does exist is vincero, the first person, first person singular indicative future of vincere, or to win. Many might recognize it as the final triumphant cry in the famous aria Nessun Dorma from Turindo. Also, Jason La Confora is Italian for Jason, the Confora. I learned these things, well, one of them from my Italian professor, Vera Abate, who also taught us an Italian playground game called La Bandiera, which is the Italian version of Steal the Bacon. Instead of a bowling pin, we used a bandana or flag. For Vera, the game was, like it was for many littles, the bane of her childhood existence. In case you're wondering, Steal the Bacon in Italian is Ruba La Panchaita, which I think is much better. Finally, may I be the official pretentious Italian pronunciation consultant of the Tony Kornheiser show. Ciao, Roberto Ventura. Yes, sure, absolutely. Yes, grazie mille. Yes. Uh, If you're out on your bike time, everyone, as always, do wear white. Look at the Michigan man. Look at the Michigan man.
Without you in 